Hi, everyone, and welcome to the August 25th, 2023 episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. I'm your host, Greg Layson, the digital and mobile editor at Automotive News Canada. It's been nearly three years since my guest appeared on our podcast, and he's back to give us an update on his company's electrification plan. And things have changed a lot. More money is being spent, more vehicles are coming to market, and there have been significant changes to charging infrastructure. So what's it all mean for Canadian dealers and consumers? We'll find out when I speak with Volkswagen Canada CEO Pierre Boutin on this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. Pierre, thanks for joining me on the podcast once again. Greg, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Glad to have you back. Let's start here. I'm curious, what role, if any, does Volkswagen Canada play in the planned electric vehicle battery plant in St. Thomas, Ontario, or how does that plant affect Volkswagen Canada? I'm just wondering how the two are connected or maybe not. It is actually a fantastic opportunity for all of us. As you know, we have a subsidiary that we created about a year and a half ago, a Volkswagen Group, uh, and it's called PowerCo SE. PowerCo SE is really... Uh, uh, their mandate is to uh, ensure the sourcing of all the minerals to, uh, to, uh, and the transformation of the mineral, the manufacturing of batteries to supply the entire group, R&D recycling. So they are truly in the driver's seat for the, uh, for the project. Where we come into play is to help them out getting, uh, getting up to speed with, uh, uh, to, to, to run a very efficient business in Canada with all our, the Canadians working at Volkswagen Group Canada. So we bring our expertise in terms of uh, human resources, recruitment, uh, basically helping them set up their own company. Uh, so, so we do a, a lot of different things for them. And, you know, we're very much uh, in sync in terms of government affairs, in terms of uh, PR, et cetera. Um, I think the important factor of what it means for us here in Canada for Volkswagen. And this is where it's really exciting. While this factory is, it was, you know, was being built for supply of batteries for all the brands of the group for North America, it's in Canada. So what does that mean exactly? A big part, just like combustion engines today, a big part of the cost of a, an electric vehicle is the battery, of course. Some will pay 30, 40% of the overall cost. And when this happens to be in Canadian dollars, this improves our competitiveness in the marketplace. Because as you know, the, the car business is a global business. We deal with currencies uh, all the time. And of course, we today, even with our, our factories in the United States and in Mexico, we buy from Canadian suppliers. But this is going to be exponentially increased over the next few years. And that means a good thing. It's a good thing for our ability to, to sell more electric vehicles and provide uh, a great value to Canadians uh, moving forward. I want to stick with electrification for a moment. In June, Bloomberg reported that Volkswagen plans to sign on to use Tesla's supercharger network in North America, Canada included. Um, where are negotiations at in that case? And, and what would that mean for Volkswagen and its consumers here in Canada? That's a good question. Actually, we have not yet committed to anything. Discussions are ongoing. Uh, I think it, all in all, we need to recognize that every time consumers are faced with complexity uh, and, and challenges, uh, they, they, they will move away from, from a solution. And, and I think we all need to work in uh, uh, aligning for a greater EV adoption in North America throughout the world. We have to go faster at being less dependent on fossil fuel. So to arrive at the end of the day with a potentially achieving a, uh, a standardized 
uh, charging, uh, you know, for all vehicles, whatever brand it is. I believe there's a lot of good things for consumers and in general, and because the access to chargers will be much easier for everybody. So let's stay tuned. Uh, I think, again, at some point in time, uh, these things will probably materialize, but there's no announcement to be made at this stage. You know, you brought up a great point there in there needs to be some harmonization or standardization of the charging infrastructure. I mean, when you think of fueling up an internal combustion engine vehicle, every gas pump at every gas station from here to Florida is the same. You can pull into any of them. That's not the case, though, with electric vehicles, is it? And and does that mean it should be to just kind of put consumers at ease? Uh, it is not the case today. Uh, while there's less and less technologies or, uh, or, or, or you know, different types of charging uh, for, for different manufacturers, there, so there's been de facto a lot more standardization, but we're not there yet. And I think, to your point, we have to make this happen. That's my personal opinion. Uh, it'll be easier for consumers. Because today, I think, you know, uh, you, you look at the, the electric vehicles coming out in the market, uh, people don't are not... So concerns anymore about the potential range. They don't have the range anxiety. They have charging anxiety. So we have to, you know, so so more chargers we make available to everyone around, better off will be. Uh, yes, we're building, all of us are building uh, more chargers actually through Electrify Canada, Electrify America, which we own, as you know, we're a major player also in the charging business. Uh, so and 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 we from the get go we open it up to any any brands not only for uh, you know uh, drivers of Volkswagen Group products but any products out there because we b believe in again that, that to democratize uh, electric vehicles we got to take some actions to make sure that more the masses are really coming to it. The last time you were my guest uh, on this show, I think it was almost three years ago to the day. At that time, you had told me that Volkswagen was planning to spend 45 billion Canadian dollars on an electrification plan by 2024. That's just a quarter away, a quarter of a year from now. Um, how is Volkswagen's electrification plan and rollout of EVs going? And has anything changed over the last little while? Actually, I'll tell you, uh, it's it's uh, it's going faster and faster. Uh, again, just our, our decisions in, in, in going into making our own batteries, getting the mo our own sourcing, even we're getting into mining, uh, you know. So, so these things, as we start learning more and more about electrification of mobility, and as you know, our, our aim is to be uh, net zero uh, by 2050. We're taking a lot of actions for everything we do, not just the vehicles we provide consumers. Uh, so that's really important for us. Uh, to continue with our investments. As a matter of fact, I, I, I will tell you, today uh, we're well above the 45 billion I talked to you about three years ago. Uh, our new plan is, is calling for 180 billion euros uh, over the next five years. So 23, 24, five, six, and seven. And uh, it, we keep going because there's a lot that needs to be done. Uh, so, uh, so it's not, and, and I wanna insist on this for us, we're, we're a great believer, obviously, in, in, in the transformation to the electrification of mobility. Uh, we're taking a leadership role. And uh, ultimately, it's also about the overall sustainability of the supply chain. It's not, not just building vehicles or assembling uh, electric vehicles. It's about you know, where, uh, where the source is, is being made of, of these minerals. Are we respecting the communities where we do the sourcing? Uh, you know, how clean is the mining? 
Uh, are we using um, a sustainable green energy uh, to power our factories and so on and so forth, right? So, uh, so if we are serious about uh, transformation of this industry, we shall not be just looking at, oh, we'll provide you know, electric vehicles to consumers. Our, our goal is to go throughout the entire chain, making sure we're net zero and that our partners are too and all the suppliers that are, are, are partnering with us around the world. This is perfect timing because the last time you were on, and I, I hearken back to that, um, the big news back then were details and specs of the ID4. They were just released. And at that time, you, you talked about how important that vehicle was, even talking about the soul of the company. Um, we're now a few years into sales. How are they going? And what's that vehicle mean now to the brand moving forward? Uh, it's still extremely important. Uh, first of all, we're very happy with, uh, with the ramp up of the factory. We started the factory last fall and uh, month after month, we're getting uh, more production. Uh, so more availability of the vehicle. So it means what uh, the, uh, the waiting time for consumers is shrinking. Uh, the sales momentum uh, has been very, very strong. And today I have to say, uh, only two-thirds of our dealers are selling ID4 still in the country. By the, by the spring, we believe we'll have 100% of our dealers, and that's the aim that, that, that we have. And selecting ID4, you know, the ID4 is at the heart of, of what Canadians love. It's a mid-size SUV. So, frankly, a lot of value, uh, great sales and great momentum. Uh, and uh, ultimately, again, uh, we will probably see, I would say, probably in the, the spring of next year, I wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing a little bit of inventory of ID4 in our dealerships uh, from coast to coast. We're not there yet, but soon. It, you mentioned the wait times. Is that, uh, are the wait times slowing and lowering across the board, or is it still hit and miss depending on which vehicles consumers want? Uh, I would say to you, it's a hit and miss depending on what consumers want. Absolutely. It's not, it's not straight. Uh, you know, again, the electric vehicles in itself have some supply chain challenges. Combustion engines have supply chain uh, challenges, depending where you are also. The big thing we're talking about, while production has been improving uh, significantly, at least the, the, uh, the consistency of the production planning that we're, we're doing, uh, we're still a big hurdle for the uh, industry these days is logistics, to bring the cars to the end of consumers, to the dealerships first, and in the ends of the consumers. Uh, and, and this is still, we're not, uh, we're not yet uh, in the, you know, the, the pre-COVID performance of logistics, and that's certainly a big challenge we're all facing right now. I want to stick with product for a minute, and I'm excited about this one because I'm a father of three. I coach sports. I'm a big van guy. Let's talk about the next big vehicle for Volkswagen, the ID Buzz. Where does that vehicle fit in the plan, particularly in Canada? And for those that don't know, this is sort of the reincarnation of the famous Volkswagen bus. Where does that fit in the Canadian market? Oh, listen, for us, leading the charge means certainly extending our portfolio. We just talked about the ID4, the importance of the SUVs. Uh, and we're coming with two new vehicles next year, the ID7, which is a world-class sedan, uh, and the ID Buzz. Uh, just like the Beetle, the ID Buzz is an icon for our brand. It represents the essence of, in the DNA of, 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 the, of the Volkswagen brand. And I think it's an extremely important vehicle for us. We're not looking at major volume, obviously. This is not, uh, uh, you know, you're not going to see uh, every Canadian uh, owning and driving an ID bus. But definitely it's, it's, a, it's, an, 
for people looking just like you, a bigger family, you're looking for more space uh, for longer uh, trips, you're going to the cottage. Uh, we're going to offer it also. We have an extended version for North America, actually, the extended uh, wheelbase, 25 centimeters uh, longer, which is a major element for because it's the taste of North Americans. North Americans like bigger vehicles. And uh, so definitely that the, we, we count on the ID bus to, to bring the, uh, the, the twinkle in the eye back uh, in the brand. Uh, and uh, we know that we have a lot of uh, fans out there. Uh, for those uh, that certainly are big Volkswagen fans, but also looking for uh, more convenience in a bigger uh, electric vehicle. Do you think having Volkswagen done this in the past when they brought back the Beetle, does that help Volkswagen? Does it make it easier to bring a vehicle like this to market? Even though it's electrified, it's a little bit different, but it is, you know, um, a nod to the past and you've done it with the Beetle. Does that make it easier for Volkswagen? Well, you know, we have, and we're very... uh, uh, privilege to have a very loyal customer base. And, the, uh, and you know, I mentioned again, the essence of our brand, uh, the history of our brand, which makes us very different than many manufacturers, especially the upcoming, uh, you know, the startup and so on. We have a history that we should be proud. We've touched so many families around the world, so many stories. You know, we have many uh, Volkswagen customers who give a, a, a nickname or a personal name to their cars. Obviously, it started with the Beatles, right? Uh, so, and, uh, and and this this means a lot because you have it demonstrate the emotional attachment to our brand. And yes, we want to continue to leverage leverage this. And I hope we're going to see more of these, uh, you know, uh, historical vehicles uh, in, in our brand coming back. And uh, and and. and you will see this definitely being electric, 100% electric. That's a transition we're doing. Uh, but I, I guarantee you it's still going to be huge pleasure and probably even more so uh, with an electric uh, uh, you know, uh, motor for, for our customers. I have to ask, any idea on price yet, even a ballpark figure? No, you know, we're still quite a, a few months away. Uh, to tell you the truth, you will not see the ID buzz in the country before Q4 of next year. So there are a lot of things that could change between now and next year. Uh, so we're following that very closely. Uh, where is it going to be positioned? Again, it's not. we're not looking for huge volume there, uh, but uh, rest assured we will be competitive in the marketplace. We want to bring as many customers to, uh, to the Volkswagen brand. And I think the ID Buzz will certainly have a big share of Conquest customers too. Just a few months ago, J.D. Power released a study that said, you know, nearly two thirds of Canadian car buyers were not likely to choose an electric vehicle as their next vehicle. How do you react to that as a company that is so committed to selling more electric vehicles? When you hear a number like that and see a study like that, what's your response? Well, Greg, you know, I, I look at it in a different way. I say this is extraordinary because if two thirds don't, don't are not considering it, you have one third considering it. In our business, more or less, you're talking about five to 600,000 customers. That would be four or five times more EVs than what we sell every year in this country. And, and the next vehicle for, for consumers, when they talk this way, it's within the next 6, 24, 36 months. So this is a tremendous opportunity. You know, Rome wasn't built in one day. And if you look at even with the, the transition from the horses to, uh, to uh, combustion uh, vehicles, you know, at the beginning of uh, the last century, it didn't happen overnight either. So, uh, so it takes a little bit of time. But as you see more EVs on the road, 
more people driving EVs, being ambassador and talking to their friends, their families, more people going into uh, for a test drive of electric vehicles. Most Canadians have never driven in electric vehicles. I can tell you personally, the ride in an electric vehicle is much smoother. It has a lot of benefits. And I think, I think Canadians will be convinced. There's still a lot of work to be done. We need to continue to provide a lot of information uh, for consumers, for them to, to be uh, making the best decision. Uh, but I, but I, I look at it in a very, very positive manner again about the overall uh, potential. So, uh, so yes, uh, I think that uh, we, we have a great future ahead of us. And I have no doubt that by the end of this decade in this country, the majority of Canadians, or at least the new car buyers, will be buying um, electric vehicles. This last topic we simply can't avoid, I don't think. The Bank of Canada recently raised its overnight interest rate to 5%. Inflation came in at 3.3% last month, hotter than the Bank of Canada would like. What does all that rising cost mean to your dealers? Because they have carrying costs of their own, and of course it means it costs more for the consumer to buy vehicles because loan rates are higher. What does it all mean? How do you tackle that as an automaker? That's a very good question. Let me say maybe just a couple of words first on, on consumer. So it's, it's impacting everybody in, in, in everyday's life. All Canadians are impacted, but inflation too. So I do recognize the importance of the Bank of Canada to act and to make sure our economy continues to, uh, to grow over the years. And so they have some responsibilities be, behind that. And, and, and as painful as it can be sometimes, uh, we understand, again, it's, it's the best, in, it's in, again, the best interest of Canadians. Uh, now, vehicles are the second biggest, typically the second biggest investments of any families. Uh, I don't believe the rates are going to go, you know, to the level we we saw it during the time of what I could call almost almost a free money. Uh, but you know, manufacturers will continue to do the utmost to make it accessible to the majority of Canadians, like meaning the, the car purchase. Uh, we understand it's a big part of the economy. It's a big part of uh, what people aspire to, also in terms of a uh, future. And, uh, and, and, and of course, uh, you know, we're looking at our costs. We're looking at the, a lot of research and development in that sense because it's the entire Western world which is impacted in that fashion. So we need to continue to be uh, mastering value uh, in, in the vehicles we produce. And, and I think the entire industry is committed in that sense. Now, if you look at the dealers itself, there's one thing that we've certainly learned during COVID times is that to which extent... Uh, we were not efficient with our overall inventory. And this has had a cost on, on the, the car purchases of consumers over the years. So we've learned to, to obviously manage with uh, undersupply because, frankly, on LT supply, we went too far. You're going to see this bring, you know, coming back over the next few months to come. Uh, you need to have more inventory right now for consumers to really compare the different types of vehicles. But one of the things we've done very well also during COVID times uh, when we did not have inventory, we've, we further invested in digital retailing. Uh, we're taking uh, pre-ordering now on the internet. Uh, consumers are, are being notified about the, uh, the status of the order much better than in the past, right? So this thing, we don't want uh, to, to, to push that aside and forget about it. And, and you know, this element is a major element because this is where, again, coming back to the value, we can bring the most value to consumers, ensuring that they really buy the vehicle they want. It's full transparency on the pricing and so on. So this is going to remain. And frankly, I will say it. We have to do a much better jo job as a manufacturer to control our production. 
Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you, uh, more is not better. And by having more production in the past, yeah, maybe we had more revenues, but we suffered. Uh, you know, many dealers lost money. Manufacturers were not so profitable, and we cannot go back to, to where we were. So what does that mean exactly? It means that we have to do a much better um, to be much better at controlling the overall inventory and the pipeline of the dealers, working with them, and probably sharing the risk better than we've done, frankly, uh, in the past as a manufacturer. Uh, so, uh, uh, so, but maybe one element I will add to, you know, these high interest rates, we experienced that, you know, the, the automotive business, we experienced that uh, very deeply. Uh, interest rates were even much higher than they are now, and we still sold cars. So now we have to be probably a lot more efficient than the, in, during these years. And uh, with all the learning we've had together, uh, um, you know, and the consumers have, have certainly seen uh, the positive impact for them in, in planning a little bit better. So, uh, so yes, a more efficient business uh, and, uh, and the business case needs to prevail. So we're not in the, uh, in the times, again, of, of more is better. Uh, we're in the time of saying we need to have the right level of inventory that benefits consumers, dealers, and uh, uh, manufacturers. Pierre, always great to have you on the show. We have to do it more often. It can't be years between appearances um, because you're such a great guest. I appreciate it. Hey, Greg, thank you very much for everything you're doing. Uh, I think it's, you're doing a fabulous job for, for you know, communicating the, the critical information and the transformation of mobility in Canada. So keep it going. All the best to you. I'd like to thank Pierre for being my guest this week. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, have a suggestion, or simply want to comment, email me at glason at autonews.com. And remember, you can listen to all our previous podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play, or on our website, automotivenews.ca. Just click the podcast tab at the top of the homepage. That does it for this episode of the Automotive News Canada podcast. We hope you'll join us next time. So long, everybody.